graduates of 2020. It's a crazy time. Here's some financial advice coming up on the show just for you. From the streets of San Antonio, straight to your wallet, it's Jake's Two Cents on Jake of All Trades. And welcome back. My name is Kirk Barbera, and I am not a financial expert. And I'm Jake Rivas. I am the financial expert, but together, Kirk and I talk about financial articles, look at financial tools, and talk about the economy, all with the express purpose of helping our listeners build wealth both today and into the future. And today, I think talking about the future is a big part of what we want to talk about because now we're talking to the class of 2020. And wow, a lot's going on for the class of 2020. Um, So it's an interesting time to graduate. I think it's the most interesting time in the history of American graduations, right? If we think about post-World War II, every generation, every year, as far as I know, has probably graduated, you know, even if it was into tumultuous time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was, you know, you had your ceremony, you walked to the stage as a generation. Like some people, of course, weren't able to do that in the in for the you know some people individually yeah. but for the most part that's what happened now that's not happening for a whole generation or a whole year and you know people missed their prom they did it over the internet so it was a whole different difficult thing going on and they're going to go into a difficult economy in terms of their jobs yeah. whether they're high school graduates or college graduates now Jake and I were of you know we're millennials and we're of the um, generation that went into a similar experience, which was the 2008 recession, right? Where I just, so I went to college late, but I actually started college, um, or restarted college, I should say in 2008, right when it happened. So I like, that was my first year. We're in the same boat. That's when I started. Yeah. Yeah. We're in the same boat. Yeah. So we graduated 2011 probably. Right. Yep. Yep. So yeah, which is, at that point, an unprecedented time since the Great Depression. We were entering yeah. the worst recession in U.S. history since the Great Depression. And now we've got all these graduates 2020 that are entering a yet another unprecedented time and unheard of as far as like the actual ceremony and all of the experiences that revolve around graduation. I really have a lot of empathy for these graduates of 2020 because I was a first generation college student. And so being able to graduate was a big deal for me. And it also was like that that process of closing one chapter and beginning another one. And I think that I would imagine a lot of these uh, graduates are feeling discouraged because they don't they didn't get that celebration, they didn't get that send off, and now they have to enter the next phase of life, whether that's college or whether that's the beginning of their career or some other next stage of life, you know, um, I think it's going to be really a, a challenge for them to get through this in the right ways. Yeah. And, you know, so I was thinking about my graduations in high school and college and I was weird because, um, they didn't really mean much to me, to be honest. I didn't mm-hmm. like school personally, and it was something I just kind of had to do. So I did them. My high school graduation, I don't really remember, and my college graduation, I skipped. I didn't even go to any ceremony. I didn't care. I, I think I have the diploma that they mailed to me later or something like that. Like, I didn't even care about the diploma. Yeah. I just wanted to say that, you know, because you had to go. Like, everybody has to go. 
these days yeah. that going to college feels like going to high school, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, I know that's not true for everybody. That was just my personal experience. And But I was thinking about, like, you know, even with, especially with high school, there was definitely, whether I acknowledge or understand it or not, or not a launching off type of a thing. And mm-hmm. I think it, I would imagine for, you know, especially when kids today in 10 years, in 2030, you know, think about that, 2030, when they think back at 2020, their graduation, it's very possible that they're going to, you know, it's, it's going to have the feeling of, you know, you, you, you have the champagne bottle, you have the ship, you hit, you know, it's like that cartoon, you hit the ship with this champagne bottle and then it floats off and sinks, right? Like yeah. that's what yeah. they're launching off point feels like, I think. And I would right. imagine. And, um, I think there could be some good things to that and some bad things to that. So, so yeah. you know, um, for, for me in graduating in 2003, it was graduating into a war, right? So we just got into the war of Iraq and actually was going to join um, the military. It was one thing I was thinking about was one pathway to, that was more, you know, open and, and for patriotic reasons. Right. I did not um, know and then 2008, same type of thing as we're going into this. And, and then we have this um, difficult, challenging thing. Although when I graduated 2011, it wasn't actually that bad, right? Like actually, we I mean, we were on the upswing from, Big you know, time. recovery and, yeah. and then that recovery period has lasted until two months ago. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, and I think you brought up a good point. There are some benefits to this though. Yeah. If we, if we remove the ceremonial aspect and, and we acknowledge the fact that that is indeed sad, there's also going to be some benefits. I think this group of graduates, when they enter the workforce are going to be a lot more resilient yeah. and they're going to be really putting their skill set out there for other people to see and really going to be working as hard as they can to make sure that their their position is meaningful and it's solidified. So I think you know it could really boost some some of these young people's skill sets because that's one of the things that was hard I think for me when I entered the actual professional workforce 2011ish and it was financial services well, we were just at the beginning of one of the greatest uh, bull markets, so market rises in history. We were just at the beginning of it. So yep. it's like all rosy when you enter that environment. And yeah. the reality is that it's not always going to be that way. So maybe finding that out at the very beginning of your career or at the very beginning of some new phase of life could really be a benefit for a lot of people. Yeah. No, I think that's that's a good point because if you think about like the like I was – you know, thinking about the class of 2010 that graduated after, you know, right after this, um, we in general didn't really feel the pain as much as the people who graduated just a couple years earlier at mm-hmm. all. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it was easy. There were jobs abundant jobs were everywhere. Um, they were growing everywhere. People were thinking about growth. Businesses were thinking about expanding and mergers and acquisitions and, you know, how can yeah. we get new blood in here? And it was easy to find, you know, job after job. And I did hop around in sales jobs. And I, you know, I was a teacher at a private school, <laughs> you know, I, um, and, you know, I just knew the CEO and I, I loved literature and we're like, yeah, let's give it a shot. Right. And they, they, you know, we just, they just threw some money at me and I just did it. I was like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. Right? I, was, I was an assistant for a New York Times bestselling author. Right. Like, so I just went all over the place and was able to do jobs everywhere. And then when I had, 
any difficulties, I was, I, you know, because I started in sales, I would just do some sales. Right. Um, yeah. And even, whether it's sometimes I would do retail, although I didn't really like that, or I would do, you know, like um, I, I sold HVAC units for Sears home improvement. I'd go to people's houses and sell them, you know, and it was easy. And now that company I think is gone down and, and there's a lot of companies that are going yeah. down. They're having difficulties. So that kind of backup is uh, in terms of money making is going to be harder for people. Uh-huh. Um, you know, these days. And yep. so, you know, you know, I thought we could talk and you, you found an article, um, on Newsmax, Newsmax or Newsweek? Newsweek. Newsweek. Sorry. Yeah. That I think is really good. Uh, and maybe you could talk us through some of the advice from, you know, millennials who went through this 2008 crisis mm-hmm. of uh, the great recession and what lessons could be learned and passed on to what is, this is probably going to, this is almost definitely going to be a great recession like yes. 2008. Yeah. Probably not a depression, but probably a recession right. um, of like 2008. And a recession, why don't you start, why don't you tell us what a recession is actually? Recession is defined by two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. So it's when the economy contracts for two consecutive quarters. The interesting thing with measuring it from that perspective is that you don't ever know you're in a recession until you're already in it. So we're likely already in our recession, but the reality is that we won't know for certain until uh, a month or two ahead. But like just today, I mean, today's May 8th, the jobless claims, unemployment claims came out today at uh, 14.9%. So we have a 14.9% unemployment rate in the United States. It's over 20 million people are now out of a job. So we've got graduates, young, eager minds that are ready to get to work. And all of that has just been ripped out from underneath them. So, you know, if we compare this back with 08, I think there's a couple of things we need to really be cautious about and be aware of, especially if you're a 2020 graduate. And that is, are you feeling compelled to do something that's completely different than your original plan because of the situation that we're currently in? So are you letting external factors guide you in a direction that you never would have, uh, you know, you never would have gone down previously? Because if that's the case, that ties directly into what we talk about with financial planning. There will always be external factors you cannot control. The markets go crazy. The economy goes into a recession. But the important thing is that you have a plan established. So maybe that plan needs to adjust a bit, but it's important not to just throw everything out the window right now because you're scared or nervous that you're not going to be able to, to proceed with your original plan. I think that's really important. Yeah. The other thing I think is important is you know, don't make yourself too uh, um, exposed or or too desperate. So you have worked hard. You know, this is really specifically for people who are trying to get into the workforce. If yeah. you've worked hard and you got your degree, don't just go out there and apply to hundreds of jobs and hope that one of them takes you. You still need to start creating a career for yourself. You talked about earlier, Kirk, that and when you entered the workforce, you were able to kind of hop around, right? Yeah. And do a lot of different things. That doesn't seem like it's probably going to be realistic right now, at least for the time being, because those opportunities just aren't going to be there. So making sure that, you know, you're taking the right steps and you're going slowly, like don't take, don't, don't go so quickly. 
take a breath for a minute. I think sometimes crisis environments move people to to make a decision a lot faster. I see this happening in financial planning too, where like investors, they think because things aren't the status quo that they were, it requires them to, t- to make a decision or to, to take some type of action. It could just be that if you're a graduate, you need to keep living like a college student for a little bit longer, right? Yeah. You know how to live frugally. And right now is the time where you're going to need to preserve as much money as you can because there is so much uncertainty. Not that you're not going to get where you want to be eventually, but with all the uncertainty, use caution and take your time. Yeah. So I think there's advice um, in there for two types of graduates, right? And college kids is one, there's the, the track kids, I guess mm-hmm. you could call them the kids like you who knew exactly what they wanted to do. They knew exactly where they wanted to be and how they wanted to get there, or at least to some degree, how, how to get there. Right. Yeah. Right. And there's, yeah. there's certain professions that are like that. Um, and that's great. And then there are also professions like what more, what I was doing more the creative writer, writer, you know, film person, um, you know, artist and, you know, history major, if you're a history philosophy major, all these different type of soft, you know, social sciences or sciences or whatever that Mm -hmm. people might be looking into or might have graduated from. Um, and, and the question might be for them. And sometimes they don't know exactly like they know kind of, the dream, the passion that would be great if they had a billion dollars or, you know, $10 million or whatever, what they would do with their time. But that's, um, I think one thing that these types of things can teach us is to be more, to, to kind of be a little bit more measured and practical. And, um, so the, so I made, you know, one mistake and one good thing in my early twenties. So one good thing was I learned, um, before I went back to like after high school, before I went to college, I um, got four years of real intense sales experience, 100% commission. I lived on my, my own during that, where I got that kind of, you know, uh, hard faced reality of how to, yeah. how you have to make sales. And I, you know, learned skills, figured out how to, you know, got training and, um, you know, sold a lot of stuff basically. And it was yeah. uh, a company called Cutco that I worked for. And, um, and that allowed me in other times when I was pursuing writing and something didn't pan out, which happens all the time when you pursue a passion like that. And you just talk to any, even successful writers will we'll tell you that. And um, when something like that happened, I was able to fall back on sales skills. That's something I can still fall back on. You know, mm-hmm. even all these years later, I still get people who want me to be in sales because I have that experience and it's actually somewhat of a rare skill to know how to sell something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or somewhat rare. It's not that rare, but it's, you know, most people feel they can't sell. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's one thing is like, try to think of a, if you are trying to pursue something like that, what is a backup that can make money right in the interim? And I think that's some, that's advice that helped me out. Now the, the others, the second thing that I learned um, that I wish I would have done is that there was advice I got early on that I think was good for a previous generation more than it is today. And it's definitely not good advice in my opinion for 20 class of 2020. And that was to not focus on savings in your twenties, wait till your late twenties or your third, like your 30, mm-hmm. then start really saving. And the, the advice was, and this came from a financial person, a PhD in finance, uh, taught at the university of Texas. And he's 
a, you know, really smart guys and he, um, you know, owns all these or owns an investment firm and such. And, um, he has recently changed his opinion on this. And, um, you know, he's an, he's an economics guy. And the reason he's changed it is he believes that there's a little too much uncertainty about the future. Like we were saying about the jumping around thing, uh-huh. like something that would happen in the past is sometimes you jump around and you, you just kind of land on a job that you liked and you didn't even think about it. Right. And that was one piece of advice that like the, um, what was that one of the these early books from the seventies? I think the what colors your parachute, right? And there's like advice in there about this. This is like early when people were just figuring out like, oh, I don't have to just be this one position. I can actually choose what career I want, right? Mm. That was that's actually kind of new in yeah. human human life, right? And so this was like a big problem, and people would try and think about it. And one thing you could do is try different jobs and find one that fits. Mm-hmm. We can't do that as much anymore. It's really hard right. to find a job. You know, there's all these stories of my that I, inspired me when I was a teenager of like Steve Jobs, who when he was a teenager, he wanted to get a job. So he just sat outside this, um, you know, video game company and just waited till they gave him a job. And he just asked him every day and he just sat, you know, got there in the morning and, you know, didn't leave till night and for weeks until they gave him a job and he just never left. You can't do that today. Like you, right. like you could try. I think it's important to try, but there's not laws against that. Outcome. Right. It's not going to have the same outcome. Yeah. There, there's laws against that now. Like the company mm-hmm. can't really do that as much as they could in the past. In the past, you could just like give someone a job. So yeah. the advice is, you know, one, one piece for the, especially for people like me who are more on that, you know, um, softer side of things, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, get, have some kind of backup that you can make money off of in any economy, like sales. Uh, There's mm-hmm. always going to be a need for salespeople. Um, and, um, you know, I would save in my twenties. I would save at least something. I would have a more of a focus on savings in my twenties. Saving. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's really good advice. Very timely. Now, um, there is a lot of uncertainty. I like what you talked about, about building a skill set of sales. It doesn't have to be sales necessarily, but I think moving forward in the job and and environment we're going to be in, we're going to have some high unemployment for a while. So new graduates are probably going to be at the bottom of the list for offering, you know, the best, uh, jobs available. So if you can't find the job that you really want, now is a great opportunity to work on other skills because you may think that this is the direction you want to go right now, but situations are going to dictate that you have to do something different temporarily. So don't, don't see it as, you know, um, a hurdle or a detour. Just look at it as an opportunity that you can build up a different set of skill sets because I mean a different set of skills, because I wish I could have done some of that, right? I entered sales, but sales and financial services is a little different than the sales that you've worked with. I could have used some skills early on in just selling stuff yeah. like you did that like you learned how to do, because that is something that not everybody knows how to do and it's not easy to do. Um, so that, and then also be flexible yeah. because in this environment, yeah. you know, there are opportunities you work online. Maybe you have a couple of jobs for a little while, or maybe you need to relocate yourself. Maybe this is now going to provide you an opportunity to move somewhere else that you hadn't anticipated, but the work is just there for you. So being flexible, but then saving. I really do think, you know, at a at a point, like you mentioned, 
the person that gave you advice to invest in yourself was worthwhile and it still is worthwhile, but we always need cash. So cash gets you out of a bind. Cash is there when you are in a sticky situation. Cash can help provide an opportunity for you. And so setting aside a little savings more so than maybe you had planned, especially right now, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I, I don't want to build on that, actually, because I think that's really the opposite advice that I got, actually. And the advice that I think we got in our whole lives, at least for me, mm-hmm. was somewhat bad advice i think for any generation um but it definitely in you know influenced me and that is to always follow your passion right follow your passion follow your dream don't worry about anything else just work hard for your passion like whatever uh-huh. which you know makes sense in a certain regard but you have to be really careful with that because you know um what I, what i would say today is follow your passion with practicality on, on its side, like have on a cart of practicality, right? Yeah. So follow your passion. If you think of your passion as like a horse on the trail, you know, but be on a cart of practicality. And what I mean by that is like, there are, so if you look around at the, the landscape, like let's say you're in a position like I was or something where you're, you know, you know, you want to be a writer, you know, you want to be, you know, maybe in, in films, but really you, you want to write, you want to speak like, you know, doing now, writing is a big part of it and you want to figure out how to do that right and whatever your artistic creation or whatever your your thing that you want to do is well or or your love like maybe you just love history you don't know what you want to do with it maybe you want to teach a little bit but maybe you want to work for the history channel and and produce programs like i don't know it could be anything right maybe you want to do a a big podcast like um you know dan carlin's uh hardcore history uh, guy so anyway like you have these things that you might kind of want to do and you just don't know how to make money doing it. Well, one piece of advice of, you know, follow your passion on the cart of practicality. (laughs) I'm just coining that is, um, look at the landscape and think about what is making money and that will continue to make money in the future. Right. Uh In terms of a job, like what's a job like, you know, trucking has always been a reliable industry. But if you look at the trucking industry, it's probably going to start phasing out and be more automated, right? Uh-huh. So it may not be the best industry to go into. Um, although it's a, an industry where you can have a lot of free time, right? Although we think, yeah. you know, cause you're, you're on the road, you could listen to podcasts, but you could also stop and, you know, write when you want, you could have some moments of creativity. If you want, you also have, you might have long breaks in between, you know, road stuff to, mm-hmm. or road, road time. So yeah, the point is kind of think about what you, what are opportunities to make money that also allow you to do your job. Yeah. And an, another thing is that you could think about make money and becoming independently, like at least a little bit more independently wealthy or, or independently, um, you know, have a kind of independent nest egg of wealth that then yes. allows you in later life to do some of the things that you would like to do. Exactly. Right, to free it up. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, I need to cut you off. No, no, please. The that is such an important thing and something that a lot of people forget, even during their financial planning journey. And if you think about it, this is really the very beginning of their financial planning journey for a lot of these graduates. Yep. So what you just said there is key: having an independent nest egg. Because what that does, I can tell you from what I've seen and experience, 
20 or 30 years from now, when you're in your fifties, maybe you don't want to do the same things you've been doing for your professional career. Now you have ridden that, followed that horse, but on your cart of practicality and you've accumulated some funds so that you can have flexibility to do other things. Yeah. So I think that's that type of situation, that type of outlook for working and building wealth is kind of the new normal moving forward. And we need to be aware of that. And we're starting to see it now, right? People in this environment that had some savings, they're faring a whole lot better than people that didn't. So that is always crucial, I think, to have. And it's good to hear from you where you didn't make that a priority really early on and how now evaluating the future of the economy and where jobs are headed, realizing that that needs to be part of your process right away. While it's important to focus on you and your skill set and following your passions, you got to save and you got to be prepared for a rainy day. Yeah. And I think it's, it's also helpful. Uh, and this will be the, I think the last little piece of advice that I I've taken away just in growing up a little bit trying not to be influenced by what society thinks is a cool thing, right? Like yes. obviously being a movie star or um, a famous director is cool. Uh, being a doctor is, is a good thing. Being a lawyer is a good thing. Being a sewage person, you know, a sewage technician or sewage manager isn't right. And yet we need sewage managers. And in fact, right. you know, I have this story when I was selling HVAC units, that's the air conditioning and heating units for your home. I went to this guy in um, like North of San Antonio and he had like this, um, you know, he lived in a mobile home, but I looked over uh, when I was going to, to his house and I looked over, he had a professional industrial shed on his land. He had a whole bunch of land, acres of land. And it was this, it must've been, a, you know, it was way more expensive than the mobile home. It was more expensive than most people's homes. It was like this real workshop of a shed. It was huge. I was like, what is he? And it was just for him basically. And, um, he, he drove, he, he arrived late. He drove in and he must've been in some kind of like, you know, $50,000 truck. It was a really nice truck. And, you know, we started talking and he did all the sewage. He was, he was basically at a company that uh, maintained all the sewage for like 10 miles or, tw or 25 miles on like that area. It was kind of out in the middle of nowhere, but there's still a lot of places for sewage, right? It's probably more than 25 miles, but a section of that, that area he was in charge. And he would tell me about how he could never find kids to do this because it was not um, glamorous sexy or, and yeah. glamorous, right? To deal with sewage. And he, you know, when I looked at him, you know, I realized one, one, that he was a millionaire. That's one thing I learned. He didn't say that, but I could, I, I started to see that, that he was definitely uh -huh. very successful. But then the second thing I, you know, he said uh, that I'll never forget. And I think it's very good advice for all of us, uh, especially for you young kids in 2020 is that he said, where most people see shit, I see gold. And the, the, I, so if you think about just try not to focus all on this glamorous thing and try to think about where can you make money because you can build your dreams on a river of poop. <laughs> so I'm just gonna, that's why I'm going to leave it is you can build your dreams on a river of poop. Some people may look down on a little bit, you know, but you, you can build your dreams on a river of poop. I, I don't even know how to follow that because that is the, the perfect analogy. So those of you 2020, you can build your dreams 
on a river of poop. <laughs> That'll be our catch line, our slogan. <laughs> right? Yeah. I think that's, that, that is really a good way to look at this. And I think, you know, something to take away from that story is it's not, you're done with school or if you're getting out of high school and you're going into college or you're getting out of college and you're going into the workforce, no one cares anymore. You know what I mean? Like no one cares if you are an attorney or you work for the sewage company. Like your life is your life and now is becoming that critical time where you need to evaluate what's best for you. Forget about all the other external factors. Focus on you. Absolutely. I like all it. All right. Well, I don't know if I have much advice after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we I think we covered um, the important ones, you know, and the you know, save. Make sure you don't spray and pray where you just put out a whole bunch of places because you still should focus on a dream. So I'm not saying don't focus on a dream. Don't focus on a plan. That's not my idea. That's not what Jake is saying. Right. Right. Have a plan. Do it. You know, do what you have to do, but just understand that it's a little bit of a different world. And so the class of 2020 may have to take a little bit of different advice than millennials got, which was to just follow your dreams which had yeah. its own problems, right? That, that's what we were told, follow your passion over and over again. Now yeah. I think in, in a good way, I hope the class of 2020 can learn the lesson of yeah. being smarter and uh, you know being more practical and follow your dreams on the cart of practicality. Yep. Or just go for it. practicality and just make a lot of money. Right? Yeah. That's another thing to do. Practical the whole time. Yeah, yeah. That, there's nothing wrong with that too. One, two, two key practical takeaways from this as well. For something that if you're listening to this and you are struggling with student loans specifically, during this time, obviously, we know that student loan interest is not accruing and you can suspend payments. A lot of these 2020 graduates will have their normal six-month deferment period once they graduate before they have to start making payments. But just pay attention to what your student loan uh, provider is telling you as far as what news or regulations are coming out. Cause there's still a lot of uncertainty with student loans. And so don't let that also be, you know, one of those driving factors to be like, oh, I have to get a job cause I got to pay for these kind of thing. Just pay close attention, keep in contact with your student loan provider. If you move so that you're aware of what forbearance or delay options you have so that you don't feel strapped by those. And then also push pause on, you know, make taking a, a major financial risk right out of the gate. Like don't go try to buy a house because you feel like it's time, even if you don't really have a great career yet, or don't, you know, maybe don't buy the new car yet kind of thing, right? Just take a, take a second, take a breather, recognize we're in a different time right now, and hopefully things will get back to somewhat normal times, but be practical. I like it. All right, guys. I love it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Jake of All Trades. Be sure to follow us on social media by searching for at Jake's Two Cents and check out the blog at jakestwocents.com. Have a great day. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. Actual performance and results will vary. These interviews do not constitute a recommendation as to the suitability of any investment for any person or persons having circumstances similar to those portrayed. Consult a financial advisor regarding your specific circumstances.